Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Hello, this is Adam Carswell, the host of Dream Chasers, and you're tuned in to the How Do They Do It Real Estate Podcast. If you like this show, first of all, you have phenomenal taste. Second of all, if you want to listen to another next level show like this, just click our link in the description and smash that subscribe button. It would be an honor for us to enrich your mind, body, and soul as well. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Art Morrison III, and he has actually a background as a pro basketball player, and he single-handedly built a basketball camp for children. And while he was trying to figure out how he would build his wealth, he founded real estate and did over $2.5 million in transactions in his first two years. And he's quickly moved from wholesaling and flipping to doing full syndications. And today he and his team have done over $6 million in transactions across 15 properties in only three years. And so now he's looking to teach young adults how to get into the real estate game and expedite their path to financial freedom through syndication early on. So welcome to the show, Art. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Thanks so much for the cool intro. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. Sweet, sweet. So Art, let's start off by if you can share a little bit more about your background, your basketball background, how you made that transition over into real estate and how you got started. Yeah, so my transition, as you can imagine, wasn't necessarily easy because in order to play at the professional level of basketball, there has to be an extreme level of passion as well. So like my whole life was dedicated to basketball. So I wrote a book, Overcome, The Key to Unlocking Your Superhuman. And it's all about like how I overcame so many different obstacles to ultimately become a professional basketball player. Actually, when I wrote that book, Real estate wasn't even like on my mind yet. It came out in 2018. So right around that time of writing that book, it actually really helped me like realize what my actual talent was. And it wasn't like a basketball specific talent. It wasn't because I was tall or athletic. It was these intangibles that I really had a a wake up call that year, 2018 of, Hey, you can apply these intangibles to any industry and ultimately like be successful. So at the time I was doing my youth basketball organization, it was doing pretty well, but you know, there's a ceiling in youth sports. It's not the same, like the financial goals in that arena are not the same as real estate. And like, since I was a kid, I'd close my eyes and envision my like dream life. And it, it wasn't the life of a basketball coach. Let's just say that. So that's when I decided let's go into real estate. So real estate came about as like sort of a side hustle. And as you can imagine the first year, um, we did four transactions. The two of them were like deals for like 15 grand a pop. And then two of them were uh, long-term holds. So, you know, like my net worth and my, you know, bank account quite a bit that year from not really doing a lot of work as opposed to trading my time for money, coaching basketball, which is ultimately why I stopped playing professional basketball, because although it was my dream job, it was still a job. So all of these things kind of came together and, made me realize like, Hey, real estate is probably where you need to be. You have a niche in it. People already trust and believe in you because of your previous career in playing basketball and coaching basketball. And it all just came together really nicely in your, in 2019 when I started. So 
So I want to also talk about, because you've transitioned your passion into playing basketball and transitioned it over to real estate and also teaching the youth about financial literacy, about real estate as well. So what are some of the fundamentals that you teach them today that, you know, that they might not necessarily see as they're in school? Oh, great question. So the biggest thing, so I try not to like steer. So we try to teach it very generally. So it's not like, Hey, like do real estate like me. So the biggest thing is like, whatever it is that you do want to do um, and make a career out of and ultimately like make money from just start it, like start it as early as possible. So you can get as many of the mistakes out of the way as you can and, and begin to learn as much as you can early on. Like when I teach adults, I'm always like, get a mentor. There's that's an actual action step get a mentor. Listening to podcasts like this are great to form a mentorship. So is YouTube. So are courses, right? Those are all amazing, but like really get tight and close with someone who already made these mistakes. When I'm talking to youth, it's like, Hey, you have the time to make those mistakes yourself, right? You can break the learning curve. So you already have me as a mentor. You have all the resources I just named, but like now if you are like, I couldn't imagine if I would have started real estate at 18 years old, I would absolutely be a billionaire right now. Like I'm <laughs> like, I'm very confident in that because you know, that extra 12 years in an industry, any industry, full-fledged focus and persistence, you're going to be successful. So that's like the easiest way to guarantee success is by getting started and getting started quickly, surely, and early. So it brings up a good point because for example, let's take your basketball career, for example, how many years did it take you to train and practice before you got into the pro basketball league? Yeah. Like it was like literally 12 years. Like, I, I mean, if you don't even include like the years of when you're a kid and it's cute, like when it gets really serious, which is like eighth grade. I mean, I was like, I barely made the team in eighth grade. I had to work my butt off just to get playing time. And then the thing that really deterred me from basketball was the lack of control. There's a lot of uncontrollables. Like there's some in real estate too, but for the most part, you really have a lot of control intellectually and just generally over like entrepreneurship and the business model that is real estate. In basketball, you have injury, new kids could come to town and, and now you have to compete for a spot. You have just so many things at the professional level. Like one of my teams lost a sponsor. They couldn't afford to pay me. So I either had to play for free or go home and work for another contract, right? Um, there were all seasons where I would injure myself. And once I informed my team, they're like, okay, well, we're not going to bring you on this year. Like, these are all things that are just uncontrollables. What I'm saying that to say is it was a long uphill battle and it was a lot to overcome. So like, it really built this thick skin. So like the problems that you have in real estate, it's like, oh no, like you might make $5,000 instead of 15. Like, oh, like that's, you know, like it's, those are the mistakes that I had to put up with for the first year, let's say, of real estate. And like that was like almost more attractive than the successes, but like the mistakes, like, oh, this is considered a mistake. This is what's scary, like making less money or, oh, a tenant like maybe didn't pay rent this month, but like the other tenant is paying the mortgage, which is ultimately leading to like my kid's college fund in 30 years. Like, yeah, sure. Like, that's a bad day in real estate, you know? But ultimately all the time that I put in leading up to that moment, where all the mistakes and stuff are made and the learning curves are, it's absolutely worth it. So playing a sport like basketball, like does prepare you and like putting all those years in does prepare you. So like start early, why not? So what were some of the uphill battles that you had to face as you were starting your real estate entrepreneurship journey and building up your business? Yeah. Dealing with like lenders, for example, if we're going to get like very specific, 
understanding the leverage that you have when you're young in the game, you don't know. So you're almost willing to do like whatever to get a deal closed. Like you're, you're not, I wasn't shopping around, let's say for loans, right? Leveraging debt. I wasn't doing that with the confidence that I have now where it's like, yeah, I have 20 deals under my belt. You're going to give me the terms that I want you to give me. Like, as opposed to in the beginning, I was spending so much money unnecessarily on just simply bad terms or overpaying attorneys or just small things like that. So or not raising enough capital. And now like there's an expense that's coming directly out of my pocket, as opposed to something that I could have maybe included in the deal, not paying attention to all the numbers that might come about, not having enough reserves, right? These are all things where you learn it, it stinks. And you're just like, okay, next time I'll I'll apply it. And like, that's the importance of just getting started because I personally waited too long to start. So by the time I really got started, and it took me through the pandemic and things like that to learn a lot of these mistakes. I could have learned those earlier and then been making way more profits uh, during those years. So it's just like the earlier you start, the earlier you get the mistakes out of the way. So then how do you hone in on the skill sets that you've been building up? And then also, you know, like you mentioned, getting the terms on the loans that you want to get. How do you how did you hone in your skill sets to be able to get what you want out of these deals? Great question. So like just following the numbers, the the numbers always tell us. So so like everyone kind of has their niche at first. Ours was fixing and flipping. I didn't like wholesaling. I only wholesale two deals. And right from there, I'm like, yeah, we're going to do fix and flips. And what I realized is that the dopamine I was getting from transitioning a property and everyone like, oh my God, those before and afters are so cool. I was actually living off of the dopamine rather than the actual like profit. So when I looked at the profits and the amount of work that I was doing, I was like, okay, like this is on paper, like you're kind of making money, but the way it's coming in and how much work you're putting in, this is also just like a really good job that there's better ways to make money in real estate. So just kind of like being aware, paying really close attention to the numbers and make sure you're not just getting excited about what you want to get excited about. There's a fine line between that and like being passionate about what you're doing. So when I really sat down, looked at the numbers, I realized, I think what I like most in real estate is like being a landlord. I like owning land. I like money hitting my account while I don't do anything. What's the best way to streamline that? So like my acquisitions at the time was focused on finding fix and flip properties. And all we had to do is change our marketing strategy to finding distressed multifamily properties. And then we were able to scale that wing and it made our business that much more simple. There was also a phase where I think everyone goes through where you're trying to do everything. We're going to wholesale. We're going to buy multifamilies. We're going to do new builds. We're going to... and as you grow, you can eventually get there, but it's way more better to like focus in. So you have to find out like what you actually like for your lifestyle, what, how you actually like to make your money. Some people are busy bodies and they like physically doing work and flipping the houses themselves. I wasn't doing that. I was like, I had a property manager, a project manager. So I wanted it to be just like autonomous. And the best way for autonomous money was ultimately like burst strategies and buy and hold. So that's kind of the route that we're focusing on now. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, 
and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So once you discover and once you figure out what you like and what you don't like and the different types of assets or what you want to focus on, right? How do you market to that? And how do you build up your business? Like for you, you mentioned you scaled from, you scaled to finding distressed multifamilies. So once you discovered that niche for yourself, how did you market and how did you break into it to do the transactions that you're doing today? Yeah. So from a tangible perspective, it's pulling the right data. So like my acquisitions team specifically uses tax records and like some online softwares that allows you, allow you to pull very specific data. And then from there, we can get whatever additional data we need to actually contact those people. Additionally, like we have a network of realtors and I guess wholesalers that work closely with us. And because we built a strong brand, they're very loyal is not the right word, but they're, they're consistent. So they know we're always consistently buying. So they're always consistently bringing us deals. It's a win-win. So in that instance, just communication, Hey, listen, we're not really interested in these. If it's a home run, like, yeah, we'll look at it, but really we want to look at this. And by targeting all of our different deal flow uh, streams, if you will, uh, it allowed us to just kind of like double up on that particular space. Um, Same thing with our contractors. We were able to incentivize our contractors now instead of with fix and flips. It's like, hey, we have where we may need to repair a multifamily, but like our contractor, for example, is also a property manager. So now that's an extra incentive for them to kind of buy into this model as well. So it's really just like strong team delegation and making sure everyone's on the same page, documenting every process. It took a little bit of time. It wasn't just like a, all right, we're doing multifamilies now. And like, it was like a very specific, like, hey, let's have a team meeting. All right, everyone, here are the numbers. Here's why we're doing this. Is everyone bought into this? Okay, cool. And then now we have eight team members, let's say. Like now we have 16 eyes on, on one goal and we can achieve that goal that much faster. So you mentioned also you coach not only youth, but you also coach some adults as well. Is that right? Correct. Yep. So is there a difference when you're teaching the fundamentals on getting into real estate, being financially savvy and aware of your situation and what's the possibilities out there and strategizing on moving forward. Is there a difference between teaching the fundamentals to a youth versus teaching it to an adult or are they essentially the same or is there other things that you need to consider as you're talking to the different group? Yeah, another great question. I wish the adults were as easy to coach as the the (laughs) kids because the kids, you can just really teach concepts and fundamentals and it's just about getting them excited. So like eventually they're going to tap into what you taught them in some space, even if it's not real estate with the adults, because they have less time on their hands, they have more responsibility. They require more or they think they require more. So what they really want is handholding. So, you know, we have two different forms of coaching. Uh, we used to fight it, but now we just kind of gave in and we're like, all right, either learn from us or we can kind of DFY it, which is like done for you where we're still coaching you, but we're really like, grabbing your hand and showing exactly how this goes. Obviously we charge more for that, but it's ultimately worth it. And I kind of like it because you were like assuring their success. So it's better for us. It gives us like a, a stronger testimony, but it's also better for them because real estate's one of those things where even if someone completely does it for you and you're just along for the ride, you still learn a ton because it's not any strategies that like a genius is required to learn it. 
it's like a very large percentage of the average adult will buy a house at some point in their time as their primary residence. So it's really just more so teaching how you do that at scale, how you develop a process, how you build a team and how you can make a living off doing it. So once you give everyone the systems, the processes, the documents, and you make the, the right connections for them, everyone's usually, usually able to kind of take that forward. So I like both. I guess the adults is maybe more fulfilling because they have the the money and the resources to be able to actually execute in real time. As opposed to the kids, it's like you're planting a seed and mm-hmm. hoping it grows to what you, you know, show them it could grow to. Yeah, I remember I was I had a conversation with another person the other day, and what he said was he goes back to the fundamentals and he teaches people how to dream. And I think that that's where the children and the youth start off with, because like you said, they don't have the they don't have the necessarily all the responsibilities that the adults have at this point in stage, all the things that they can, they need to focus on or they need to worry about. But the youth, they have an advantage in a sense, or like the the privilege to see what's out there, to open their eyes and to think so big on yeah. what's the possibilities, because there's not too much risk at this point. They can fall, they can get up, they can continue moving forward. The risk is a little bit minimal, minimal for them. Yeah, no, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. That's why it's like that part, like if you could say like intangibly is more fulfilling from a tangible perspective of actually seeing someone do a deal off the strategies you taught them and coaching adults is is more fulfilling. So like they go together nicely. It's like they both like pair at the end of the day, I'm fully fulfilled. That makes sense. (laughs) So what do you think it takes to make a successful real estate investor? Yeah, just persistence. Because persistence will lead you to wherever you, whatever you need to learn. So if you're persistent and like my mom is one of my coaching clients, she's not investing in real estate, but she's just got a real estate license and she's all excited. And I was trying to explain to her, like, even if you didn't have me or any other mentor or someone like, if you're persistent and you really want to do something, that persistence will force you to ask whoever, whatever, by any means, just to get to like one step closer and one step closer. And then next, you know, a lot. That is essentially how I learned outside of just like some mentorship and stuff. But I also like wouldn't, like I was not afraid to Google the hell out of something. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was not afraid to ask someone a lot of questions, watch a lot of videos and like podcasts like this one, like there's, there's a ton, you know, and like, you just have to go out and get your answers. There's a lot of people who will respond to an Instagram DM. You just got to be willing to go get the answer. So that person, if someone's persistent in real estate, I really think that you'll be fine but you do also need to be educated. Like the smarter you are in this space, the more confident you are. And the more confident you are, the more deals you can close all day. So so how has real estate impacted your life? Yeah. I, one of my favorite questions because like I straight up like money. Like I just like the freedom that it, it's able, like time-wise, I'm big on time. So like real estate has very simply allowed me to make more money, right? It's big numbers. It's... uh yeah. So anyway, right because of that, it's made my youth basketball organization better. I have more money to invest into it and give back to the community. It's made um, like I'm happier because I can travel more and I can get pedicures more often. Like, I don't know. It's like any small thing. <laughs> I want to like, hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like any small thing that it can do to make me happier. Like I totally disagree that money buys happiness because it doesn't. But financial freedom leads to time freedom, which certainly helps with with happiness. And it's definitely been able to do that for me. Like I just moved here to Tampa. You probably can hear echo in here. 
apartment's empty. My furniture's not even here yet. I've been here uh, only a month or so. But this was like something I always wanted to do. I'm from New Jersey. It's freezing there. And I grew up there. I just wanted out. And real estate allowed me to uh, make that move and still conduct business up there because it's just that kind of industry. So it's impacted my life majorly. And so for our listeners out there who are really interested in learning more about your backstory and how you got to this space, where's the best place that they can go? Yep. So Art Morrison III, that's Art Morrison III um, on everything. But my biggest platform is Instagram. So if you follow Art Morrison III on Instagram, that's like my hub for everything. You can, you'll see my youth basketball organization in my bio. You'll see a link to get my free ebook. You'll see my uh, real estate company, United Home Relief in my bio as well. And then you'll see me like just doing cool stuff like pedicures and whatnot in my story and, and on my feed. And then additionally, that same uh, verbiage, artmorsonthe3rd.com is my website. And that's where you can download my free ebook. It's a really good self-help book. It's really cool. And you can see all of my companies and everything that I do, even tap into potentially my mentorship or see podcast episodes like this one. I, I repost everything on my website and on my Instagram page. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Art. Yeah, thank you. This was awesome. I appreciate you for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.